All right, the light is on and we are off the bench. Coming to you on our tape delay on this uh, Wednesday afternoon, 1.51 Mountain Standard Time, in the, uh, the heart of the capital region of Alberta. Sunny. It is sunny today. It's winter is winter is not coming. Winter, nope. Spring is coming. It feels like it's fine. Yeah, I think. The, I believe that's the that's going to be the last line of the Game of Thrones. Yeah. When the Game of Thrones show when it ends. Yeah. Spring is, spring no, is coming. Spring. Could you imagine? Uh, In April of 2019, <laughs> Nick. Don't even get me started. I am your host, Nick Good. As always. Well, not always. No. <laughs> two weeks in a row now. Joined to my right without Adam, but we have Neil. All right, just the two two man booth again this week. Next week as well, I think. Yeah, I think it might be next week too. Damn. Yeah, it depends when we record next week. But Adam's just tanning in the Crete, eh? In the Crete. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna we have some Oscar on his head. We have some Oscar fallout. Yes. Neil and I've been uh, chatting for a good oh, like 50, 50 minutes, minutes before yeah. started recording, but yeah. got here at one. All of a sudden, it's like, oh shit, we should probably uh, do this on the podcast instead the, of just off the record. Because right? the number one thing you want to do is after the Oscars happen is talk about what should have won or yeah. So. And we'll start. We'll start off. Shape yeah. of Water wins Best Picture. So ironically, the one of the movies both of us hadn't seen. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro wins so, Best Director. We'll have to maybe even go see it together. Ooh, now that could happen. Just, to, just to be like, we need to have a discussion about this immediately after because you know. Here's the thing. I'll, and Get Out. Those are two we need to see together. I think so that we can now analyze. Was it warranted? Was it not? Right. Because so. the bis- the biggest thing is talking about the miscues, the misses. The, and then the makeup calls, which is what we were talking about. You can go. There's chains that that start. <laughs> mm-hmm. One person doesn't get as far back as the 70s, correct? And that's that's where I started, right? So and it just creates these miss when these makeup calls happen, and somebody else gets screwed over. Then another makeup call has to happen. So point I'm trying to make is, oh, okay, there's twofold. Is this Gabriel Del Toro's makeup call? This is his first his first Oscar, Oscar is it not? Yes. So this is his makeup call for Pan's Labyrinth. And I think... No, I'm asking you, is it? I don't know. if When I need to see Shape of Water. Yeah. I, Pan's Labyrinth, to me, is like one of my favorite movies, even, of any director. Mm-hmm. And so it it would have seemed to be... From everything I've read, it, they're kind of like... They would even put... Some people would even put like Hellboy in front. Yeah. Shape of Water. So, so I guess the big thing is, I think, as a director... Del Toro does a lot of interesting things. Yeah, he's not afraid to like do something different, I think. Is I think, we, and we kind of talked about it going back in history, where they started this whole trend of the best picture and the best actor wouldn't necessarily be the same. Or yeah, director and picture. Yeah. Yeah. So, I almost feel like this year could should have been one of those years where you give Del Toro the best Direct, actor, or sorry, best director, director, Oscar, and best picture goes. I just have a feeling, though, I haven't seen either movie yet. So it's kind of weird to have a conversation about it. Yeah. But in five years' time, when we look back at all the miscues, mm-hmm. or the misses, I should say, is going to be like, man, I can't believe Get Out lost the movie about fish sex. Right? That's what I, I honestly feel like that's going to be the conversation in five years. Because yeah. I think that's why we need to see them. We need to maybe look see down them the line of, of mistakes, and we can get into it right now if you want, Neil, about what, what we feel are the biggest misses. Yeah. Um, but before that, any other takeaways from the 90th Academy Awards? Uh, we talked about spreading the wealth yep. more and more. So, you know, best picture and um, director this year aligned. But then a guy like Jordan Peele won original screenplay. Right. So we've been, we, me and Nick, before we started airing we were, or recording, we were talking about like how it seems like lately in the last couple of years they've been really spreading the wealth around. Yep. They seem to really, if they didn't like one thing and they're nominated a different one, they and it's the same person, they might kind of... So we think Jordan Peele winning original was sort of that 
get out, that recognition of get out, Well, right? it's sort of like, you know, what I've heard a lot of people say is, you know, welcome to the club. Yeah. Now win your next one. And this, this to me feels like the, the Tarantino award where yeah. it's like, we're acknowledging you for doing something different, something weird, mm -hmm. but you're not a best picture. You're yeah. not, you're not, you're in your yes, own little wing. Because Tarantino has won two original screenplays. Yes. He has won for Pulp Fiction and Django, correct? Did he not win for Glorious Bastards? I don't think he did win that year. Okay. So, Either way, what I'm saying is it's yeah. very much like... But, but he never wins Best Picture, you're right. It's yeah. like kind of that, yeah, we really enjoy like your movie, so here's for writing it, but it's not quite Best Picture. Exactly. Yeah. So Jordan Peele, that's probably a good comparison at this point. So we'll see what happens with his next movie. Um... Was Shape of Water nominated for Best Original? I, I don't know. Um, I also wonder if... Not that it should matter anymore, but does it make a difference that it was sort of branded as a horror film? The Shape of Water? Or Get no, Out? no, no, Get Out. Get Out, yeah. I think so. I think... Maybe not as much, because, like, really, Shape of Water was a super, like, genre film as well. In terms of, like, a fantasy. But lately, genre films, genre films have kind of been acknowledged. Well, and that's... Yeah, and they, this is the culmination of it, because Del Toro is the king of genre films. Yeah, really, if we monsters think of, and... Yeah, of very much, like... Hellboy, even Crimson Peak, which I thought was... Yeah. ...an interesting movie. It missed on a lot of things, but I found it interesting. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so, Neil, we kind of talked about we kind of kept it. I, I, I unearthed one of your... But you feel is one of the biggest misses and mistakes yeah. in Oscar history. But you said you have four. It might three. I'll say four because I was gonna go Boyhood over Birdman, but really Birdman's a good movie, so okay. I, don't, I can't really. That's not quite as fair. So in whereas, like in the, my other opinions, like these three. So I've watched them, and I had to go back and download some old movies because I was like reading up on this mm -hmm. sort of stuff and what was sort of the whatever. So so I have one. I have I have, I went through the list of okay. of the actors who over the years have kind of caused this weird sort of makeup call yeah. thing. I'll go over that after, but as far as best picture goes, I really have one that comes to mind. I feel it's one of the most obvious ones, and that would be in 2000 when Shakespeare in Love wins over Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan, okay. And I think that really is the one we look back. I feel like a lot of people look back and go, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, what Spielberg did with that movie mm -hmm. is the reason why war movies are what they are now. Yep. He created that style of war before it was very much almost propaganda, the glorious, yeah. like glorifying war. And yeah. like that, opening scene, that opening scene on, it's not Juno Beach, what's their beach? Uh, Omaha Beach. Yeah. Where, you know, guts are spilling out of these guys. You yeah, know, yeah. They're, getting, they're getting bombed to hell. And mm -hmm. I don't know, that movie was just so revolutionary. And yeah. to me, the fact that Shakespeare in Love 1 just still sort of irks me. But oh, okay. That's the Harvey Weinstein factor. Yeah. If there was one thing he was really good at, his movies won. It was, it was him. He knew how to mark or he knew how to campaign for his films. And yeah. If he wanted a film to win, he would pull the strings to have it win. So yeah. anyway, I cede the floor to you, Neil. Yeah. So I have three. We'll go with three. Uh, two of them are really really old, way before we were born. So I had to watch sort of the movie that won and the movie that it upset to kind of be like, okay, do I really think this was like an upset or do I maybe see why? So the original upset, Nick, of the Oscars was mm -hmm. when Citizen Kane lost oh, to course. How Green Is My Valley. Okay. It's like a family. It's terrible. It's okay. such a bad movie. And not even that Citizen Kane is that great because it's like 1950. Well, it's, it's considered so, one of the best films of all time. And it's more based on um, what well, is because if not the greatest, right? And Orson Welles, just, yeah. just his, he utilized a lot of yeah. camera techniques. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Like, it was the cinematography standard. still yeah. today. Like, he changed completely, yeah. and he used 
Citizen Kane as his first trial run. Yeah. And so that's why it's considered like one of the greatest movies. So because the actual storyline is kind of whatever, and it's 1950s, so the acting's not the greatest. But but then I watched How Ooh, Green Was My Valley, and I was just yeah, I know, right? Well, it's just like they're like stonewall emotions sometimes. You're like, eh. but uh, How Green Was My Valley was not not particularly any better or worse. And like, so anyway, that's like a big upset. Number two, 1980. Okay. Ordinary People beats Raging Bull. Oh, yeah. Okay. Raging Bull is one of like the best movies yeah, ever. Absolutely. And it lost. It's a sh- it's an absolute travesty. Robert De Niro won for Best Actor. Yeah. But you watch Ordinary People and Raging Bull and you tell me which one's better. Yeah. And I'd be like, you, and nine times out of ten, Raging Bull runs a little long, so I can see that as a criticism. It does run really long. De Niro was like famous for his method acting, right? And this right. is one of the movies that he really did it for. He gained like 60 Balled pounds up, yeah. for like the last part of the movie when mm. he's like an older version oh, right, of Jake LaMotta. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And he's like fat. Like he's literally just sitting there, almost unrecognizable. Before they had fat suits. Like he the original Christian Bale. Yeah, seriously, right? So, But that's my number two because when I watch Raging Bull, and maybe the sports fan in me too thinks like this is sure. an incredible story. Yeah. Partially biased. But I like to think that I watch a lot of movies. So Ordinary People isn't bad. But Raging Bull, again, has so much more layers to it that still it aged so much better, right? And then uh, Shot in Black and White too in 1980. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was like, was... yeah. But Except the Blood. And just like so many good things about it, you know, Ash Schindler's List. How that. Works. I was gonna say Spielberg did the <laughs> right. Yeah, he did the same one. Red balloon. But this was Scorsese, right? Yeah. yeah. In this, there's part of the makeup call. Mm. Bah. But we chatted about that. I think the year that Scorsese won for Departed, Departed was still really it good. Was the best movie that year. Yeah. But he hadn't sure. won a director. Yes. At that point. And then I mean, 2006. It's just not even like it doesn't even need to be said. Like Crash, Crash is a terrible movie. <laughs> I hate Crash. It's one of those ones that like I tend not to. I try not to go on too much. And I think the reason I hate it too, Nick, is I also did a paper on it in oh. university because I was like, I maybe I'll give this. Good. Maybe I'll give this a chance. Maybe I'll analyze the film some more. Maybe find some things I like about it. What class no, is this for? It was for film studies. Oh. And it was. And you chose Crash. I chose Crash because I was like, maybe, maybe, like you know, it's good to challenge yourself every yeah, once in a while well, look at you and be going. like, maybe, maybe I can find a redeeming quality in Crash. And I can't. It got worse, probably. It got worse. <laughs> the characters are even worse than you can imagine. People don't actually act like that. I'm sorry, and like because they'll tell you now, oh, that's what it was meant for. They were supposed to be terrible people, the ex- the absolute extremes of the extreme. Yeah. But it's like okay. We need to just like and people crashing into each other like get over yourselves yeah. like oh and Brokeback Mountain lost and like say what you want they were still not ready for something like Brokeback Mountain and like Ang Lee won director and people were like what like they were so confused and it was because they were like we know Brokeback Mountain's better but we can't give it we to can't him. give it to him like it's Brokeback Mountain's like heartbreaking like yeah. an absolute heartbreaking film and then you watch it and Heath Ledger's just so good and Jake Gyllenhaal's incredible. What's that? I just can't quit you. I just can't quit you. Yeah, yeah. Ernest, I just can't quit you. Yeah, yeah. You know, two hicks and a you know whatever. Yeah. But I want to, but I just. Can't but I can't. Quit you. But I can't quit you. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and like Ernest doesn't show any emotions like the whole time, or Anna, sorry, and he's just like, oh, Heath Ledger's so good. Yeah. At what he does, so that's where he met Michelle Williams. But did anyway. he go right to uh, Dark Knight after that? No, I want to see. I'm trying to remember what his other one was in between. He Heath Ledger had a really good stretch. Yeah. As well, he was. That's what what makes like him. 
like really tough to lose because like he was only thirty or whatever it was. Or so then okay, so twenty eight. So I guess for you that that those are like the real misses. Um, those are like the really really big ones. I was saying to Nick earlier before we recording, but I still don't like Boyhood losing over Birdman, Birdman. and especially I uh, can make the argument here. I will cede Boyhood to you. Yeah. But I still think Birdman should win for Best Director. Because I think... That no, see, like, whereas I would go opposite if you're going to only do one or the other. Mm, because no director had done what he had done to film it over 12 years. Ooh, That's sure. direction, right? That's... But, but uh, is that cinematography? Yeah, yeah maybe a little is bit. Is that story, yeah. right? Is that writing? Yeah, because, he did all of it, Because Birdman, so. just the way it is constructed with how, you know, the... The seeming, obviously, there are, there are about three. They say three cuts throughout the film, but yeah, which is crazy. How you it do looks, them, but it, it's like, how it is that 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 continuous shot and the way yeah. the well, the, the one scene when he goes out into Times Square yeah. is like so cool. He's just naked. Yeah, and it's he's wearing it, his underwear. Even even at the start of the movie when it first gets into it and it's playing the drums and everything's yeah, all the credits are coming up and Michael Keaton is walking to the back of the stage and he's having a conversation. He turns down the hallway and then Phillips or. or um, uh, Zach Galifianakis comes down the hallway and then mm -hmm. he's chatting with Emma Stone. Just the transition. I don't know. To yeah. me, it was just like, I remember sitting there in the theater being like, yeah. holy shit, this no, is it masterful. Is yeah, it's, it's masterful. Yeah, it's very cool. And, and he did similar things in The Revenant. Yeah, but right? I think we, we can agree that yeah. The Revenant's not as good, but he does similar techniques. You can definitely tell it's the same director. Yes. He's kind of got that, like, it's like almost like everything's in one shot and then yeah. things are moving and you're moving with him, but it's not making you, like, queasy. It's really it, cool. It, yeah. it reminds me, and I've, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, it's the thing that makes Spielberg such a good director. Mm -hmm. As he's pulling you through wor this world and I just think of iconic scenes in Spielberg films, like, even in... Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones is up on the up on the mountain, and he's got the rocket launcher. He's pointing at the ark, and just like he'll stop. <laughs> There's no sound. Yeah. All you hear is the, the the sand and the wind, and you hear mm -hmm. the voices echoing off of the off of the uh, mountains. Yeah, and he goes. All right, Indy, blow it up. <laughs> you know, and it's like there's yeah. just certain things that these, these that's something these directors are so great. And yeah, I don't think the post should have been nominated for best picture this year. But yeah. I've I really do feel Spielberg should have been, been not director. for best director because you watch, you know, you're in a Spielberg movie, and maybe for some people they don't like that. Yeah, it can be too much. He he is a little heavy handed sometimes. Yeah, it's like some, we were talking. Yeah. yeah, he can be, but it's like some. But you're just there, and you're like, man, you. It's like how Tarantino sometimes can be you're too extreme sure. on the violence and you're in comfortable idea. hands though. Yeah, right, and you know, man, maybe people don't want that. Maybe they want something that's going to be a little bit off, off putting. But yeah. Anyway, I want to go through this the chains of. Uh, the misses. The misses. And sort this, of what, what, where we've, how we've gotten here today. With the makeup calls, and this makeup is really, calls. this comes down to the best act, really through the best actor chain. Yeah. So because the best actor chain has really affected the best picture chain, I right? Would say. Yeah. So I feel this starts in the mid six, the mid seventies. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen seventy three. A young man by the name of Al Pacino. A young man <laughs> is nominated yeah. for best supporting actor in The Godfather Part One at the time, just known as The Godfather. Because Marlon Brando won for that year. For his portrayal as Michael Corleone. Yes. Right, yes. Don uh, Brando wins for Don Corleone. Yeah. Actually, oh, I'm going to have to pull it up, but um, I think that I think the first year of The Godfather, or sorry, the, the year of the first Godfather, which is the 70, or the 45th Academy Awards? 72, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the uh, the nominees, it's like, 
Yeah, sorry, this is this is bad. This is bad podcasting content right now. <laughs> but bear with me, bear with me. I should have had it. I should have had it loaded. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are uh, you just looking at that, like who is? So the... yeah, for so uh, for best supporting actor, yeah. the nominee is so Joel Gray wins for Cabaret. Oh, okay. Don't even know what that is. No. Um, you have Eddie Albert. Uh, Nominated for The Heartbreak Kid. Yeah. And then your other three nominees are James Caan as Sonny Corleone from The Godfather. Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall as Tom Hagen from The Godfather <laughs> and Al Pacino as Michael Corleone from The Godfather. <laughs> three supporting actor nods. <laughs> like, Coppola loses Best Director to Cabaret, so it must be a good movie. But Best Picture best actor. is The Godfather. So best that, adapted screen. This, it looks like they, they try to balance things between Godfather and Cabaret because Liza Minnelli wins for Best Actress. In Cabaret? Yeah, man, I was almost always I was almost hoping Danny, Diane Keaton won for Best Supporting Actress, but she didn't. Um, anyway, so we're getting distracted. So, the American Film Institute ranks The Godfather as number two on their list, the behind Citizen Kane. Time. Behind Citizen Kane. Yeah. All right, um, that's an always interesting conversation to have. What is better, Godfather One or Godfather Two? Two. Yeah. See, because it won Best Picture in 1974. But well. what do you? What, what? What's your opinion? Can I tell you a secret? You haven't seen either. I haven't seen Godfather Two. Oh, wow. Yet. I just saw The Godfather about a month ago. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, for a guy that's seen so many movies, but I just, I, I, like, I, I didn't have the time. I feel like, I feel like your, your, your sweet spot, Neil, is from like 2006 Six, 2014. 2012, 2014. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was I was like watching movies spot. lots. But I always tried to like go back and watch a lot. So a lot of those 70s films. So that that's that the difference I have features. over you is that I've watched a lot of current films. Yes. And I've watched a lot of classics. I was playing catch up to get to this year. Um, but... Godfather, for whatever reason, and we I just, both haven't seen two of the biggest films of the year this year. So like who two, are we? Yeah, who are we? Get out God and damn it! Yeah, water. get out and shape of water. Yeah, get out was out so early. Too. So anyway, so Pacino loses that year. The next year, he's nominated for Serpico, which, in my opinion, is Pacino's best movie. Okay. Um, so he loses that year to Jack Lemmon for Save the Tiger. Oh, and that was the year I wanted to bring up because that's the year that is I was saying to you where the nominees are just insane. Yeah, it's a very stacked house, right? It's like the so, Robert Redford. So yeah, so yeah. So 19... This year, 1974, you have Jack Lemmon wins for Save the Tiger. Marlon Brando loses. Nominated for Last Tango in Paris. Jack Nicholson, The Last Detail. Al Pacino, Serpico. Robert Redford, The Sting. Yeah. Like, just just insane. Yeah. And then... The actors of their time. And then the sure. next year, Pacino and Jack Nicholson both lose. So 1975, Pacino loses for Marco, as Marco Corleone yeah. in The Godfather. That's the year that uh, Robert De Niro wins for Best Supporting Actor. That's right. As Don Corleone, which they swapped it, which is weird. Yeah. Um, and which, then, yeah, they, they're the only people to win for playing the same, same actor role or, or same character, yeah. Same role. And, yeah. Then, and Nicholson loses for uh, Chinatown. Yes. In that year. So the next year, Pacino then loses again for Dog Day Afternoon. So that's four years in a row he's been shut out. Yeah. Loses to Jack Nicholson who wins for One Flew of the Cuckoo's one Nest. Flew of the Cuckoo's which Nest. is one of the few films to actually sweep the major categories. Boom! Right? Director, movie, actor, actress. Right? Yeah, Correct? Right. Yeah. Which would never happen now. No. 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 That's a, that is going to be a hard thing to do. So again. the purpose of saying this is though Pacino gets screwed for not screwed but he loses four years in a row they realize he's one of the best actors of our generation if not the best of that time we come down to the 65th uh awards 1993 he ends up winning for scent of a woman which we both agreed can't even believe that (laughs) was even nominated but that's like 
That's a makeup call. It's like, makeup okay, call. we got to give Pacino something. Yep. But because they've already they had already done it with Peter O'Toole for the whole fucking. 50, so in 60s light of that, seconds. giving Pacino that that award that he probably didn't deserve for that film, even though he plays a blind general or whatever. Mm-hmm. A young man by the name of Denzel Washington loses for his portrayal of Malcolm X. Yes. Fast Which could be argued is his best yes. role. So fast forward. He won for glory, but that was supporting actor. Yeah. So you fast forward seven more years. So you're at the 72nd Awards. Denzel loses again. In the hurricane. His portrayal of the hurricane to Kevin Spacey in American Beauty, which, not despite what Kevin Spacey, like, I know it's hard to talk about him now. Yeah. I... Feel the same way about American Beauty as you feel about Crash. <laughs> yeah, I hate, it. hate that movie. And the more you watch it, the more you hate it. And I don't know why people like it. Yeah. I don't. I can't. I can't understand why it, yeah. it got the recognition that it did. Like, it just to me is there's. I don't know. Yeah. No. There's only there's very few movies that will actually give you like a visceral reaction. Mm-hmm. And that's one that I will defend to the death is that I hate Crash much and I probably feel that you hate American Beauty that yeah. much. Yeah. Because like it's it's this film that like got acclaim, got all these things, and I fucking hate it. I yeah. can't. Stand it. I, I find it, it's an insult to movies. So, almost. It's so ridiculous. And I'm sure you think the same. Like, you're like, it's it's trying too hard to be something that it's, you know. So, because of the Denzel um, snubs those two years, the year he finally wins for Training, training day, day, it's a gimme. But in because of that, Sean Penn loses for I Am Sam. So then that fast forwards to the year with Harvey Milk. Yeah. Sean Penn wins for Milk. Screws over Mickey Rourke for the for the wrestler. Yes. So it's all this chain of things where you look at these actors and it's like they're the. I'd also say like back to that chain idea. Even the year that Milk that he won, Milk didn't win Best Picture, which a lot of people felt it was better than Slumdog. But because they gave it to Slumdog, they had to give him to Milk. Danny but that in, in for in chain of that screwed Mickey Rourke. Yep. Me and Nick both agree that Mickey Rourke should have is is. The, the wrestler. He's he's the best actor. He should he have won. It's his life. It's his life. And he came. He was a big actor before we were even born. And he was like really big and like when we were young in the early nights. And oh, then just disappeared. See, and, uh, so again, boxed. Got his face smashed up. Had to get all his plastic surgery. Didn't even look like himself the, anymore. The crazy thing is when you go back and you watch some of the some of the Coppola movies from the seventies. He's in like Rumble Fish. Yeah. And well, Pope of Greenwich Village. Like yeah. He look. He's like. He's a good-looking young no, man. No, my mo- my mom always said that. She was like, I used to have the biggest crush on me. He was Park. a good-looking, and, and she's then, like, now he looks like terrible. I, I'm willing to bet that it wasn't just the box and that <laughs> aged him. Neil. No, no. There's probably other things that collapsed <laughs> that a nose. Couple, a couple substances that <laughs> probably collapsed that nose mm-hmm. structure. Right? Yeah. But no. But he definitely. So he was. He lived that life, and yeah. then and then we talked about it. the next year. Jeff Bridges wins for Crazy Heart when it's almost the same portrayal that. Yeah. Broken man like, who's, yeah. who, who's on his just just redemption tour. And, yeah, no, and it's just like, people are like, this is the same performance, but Mickey Rourke's is better. And it's like, ah, so. And so then, yeah, so Mickey Rourke. Um, so then we're living all these makeup calls because all these 2000s are happening. There's a man the named in these 2000s, though, like from that jump that he went from uh, when uh, Sean Penn lost to when he won for Milk. Mm. All in the 2000s there, and then leading up to a couple years ago, Leo DiCaprio. Well, that's, he's hanging out there, And that's correct? the one I wanted to bring up. Now, yeah. it's a myth. There's, there's, no, but there's, there's, there, there's rumblings that for the, the reason why Leo never won for a long time is the Academy just didn't like him. He had a bad reputation. They just, okay. they, it was, it got to the point where he wouldn't even go to the awards anymore. Yeah. Because he knew he would never win. Yeah. There was just some sort of, they had some sort of gripe against him, some sort of grudge against him, and they mm-hmm. just, he knew he was never going to win, so he didn't even bother. Yeah. Um, so that being said, though, 
Leo ends up winning, finally wins for The Revenant. And I could name you five, probably, performances. Well, see, and I personally think his best film, his best role ever was like, Calvin Candy in Django Unchained. Django Unchained? I, honestly... Even if that, because that would have only been a supporting, I guess, right? Right, but it would have... But he didn't even get nominated. nominated. He, he did. Oh, he did. did. But he lost right. Christoph Waltz for the same movie, in the same movie. That's right. Christoph Waltz. That was an upset, too, because it was supposed to be... I want to say like Eddie Murphy. I know that sounds stupid, but oh, for uh, Dreamgirls. Yeah, could that be right? I don't know, but but I just remember. I, I know re- Eddie Murphy lost. And he Again, this is like the feelings. I remember being in that theater watching Django Unchained, and that scene, the famous scene where Leo is he's on his rant, cuts his hand, cuts his hand. smears the blood on Kerry Washington's face. But I remember sitting there, and this is this is this is how I. When you watch a lot of movies, I don't know if you if you feel the same way. But it gets harder and harder sometimes to watch movies because you're you're sitting there and you're like, oh, this is Christoph Waltz doing a really good job of acting. Yeah. This is so and so doing a really good job, but you can't. It's hard when you get these to these big movie star levels. It's hard yeah. to divorce who you're seeing on stage and, mm-hmm. com- and being convinced of that character. There's two times. Yes. There's two actors that I've been so enthralled that I that I just remember so clearly. It's just Al Pacino. Yeah. And Serpico. Or even Al Pacino in Any Given Sunday. Yeah. I watch him in those roles. I'm like, he is that person. He is that character. And yeah. when I remember watching Django Unchained, and I'm like, in that scene where he's he has the hammer and he's, he's starting to bust open Broomhilda's head, yeah. unless you know Jamie Fox and Christoph Waltz admit why they're there. Yeah. And I remember sitting there being, I'm terrified of this man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not even, like I'm terrified of this person. Yeah. Sm- slams the hammer, soul to the man with a fantastic beard. Yeah. Or it's a man with a spectacular beard and yeah. just like cleans up, picks the glass out of his hand. Like I remember seeing there being like, I'm, f- I'm fucking terrified. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's just the most powerful role. And he's been in great movies. Like, yeah. You catch me if you can. can that great, great, great movie. Yeah. Um, the Aviator. Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond. The Departed. Depart. E- you know what? It's, yeah. our, it's, it's Gangs in New York. You could. Yeah. I mean. See to me though he's in a lot of good in, movies. In Gangs in New York though I see feel like it's overshadowed by Daniel Day Lewis. Sure. A little bit. Even Cameron Diaz a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, the was... Departed. I don't think he's the most powerful person in there. Like I think Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon's actually even Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that's is, a... <laughs> is fantastic in that movie because right? he he plays one note but he plays it well. Yeah. He plays it very much like how you'd expect Mark Wahlberg yeah. to play it. Right. If like... Mark Wahlberg was a cop, this is how he would. <laughs> it is right, and you believe that? I'm like, oh yeah, that is one hundred. And then that final scene where yeah. Matt Damon says, "Let's just talk about this." It's, and just it's... shoots. Him. Sorry, and spoiler, alert, spoiler alert. Yeah, and then just walks over and walks out. But the point of making knew, knew the whole time he was a rat in Django. It's it's Calvin Candy's movie. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Jamie Foxx is great in it. Mm-hmm. Christoph Waltz is good in it. Even Kerry Washington's good. But it's like, yeah. Samuel Jackson too is incredible. Yeah, because he's kind of like that greasy character yep. in the movie. But right? it's but it's like when Calvin Candy is there, you're like, man, this guy is fucking sinister. Yeah. Well, you don't like Tarantino as a slave owner there near the end. Or <laughs> I don't, he's not a slave owner. Well, he's a, he's, he's, a, he's a dynamite. They, yeah, they, that's they, what they it is. sell ammunition. It's, yeah, ammunition. So selling ammunition. But it's after all the all the shit goes down, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, his acting is just. I don't know why he puts himself in this movie. What about Jimmy in Pulp Fiction? Oh god, Jimmy's so bad. Stop. <laughs> oh, that's an incredible scene. 
when they blow his head in the car. Oh, my favorite is afterwards. Like, matter of fact, why the fuck am I on brain detail? You only blew the motherfucker's head off. That's it. We're switching. Like, come on. So, okay, yeah. let's have a brief conversation. What is Tarantino's Dude, best, best movie? movie? Yeah, because we were not your about... favorite. And I said this because yeah. hipsters are gonna say, oh, Jackie Brown's his best. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't like Reservoir Dogs. It's like, okay, they're good movies. Yeah, those it's... are like those lay the foundation. But as a of... film, Pulp Fiction, Django, Django and Chain, or Inglorious Bastards. Because I, I haven't seen his latest one. Oh, Hateful Eight? Yeah. Beautifully shot. Yeah. The movie itself is too long. Way yeah, too long. Way too that long. was its biggest criticism. Yeah. And it just... <laughs> this is going to sound silly saying this about a Tarantino film, but it's almost too violent. Yeah. Like, at the end of it, it's just like it's a bloodbath, which is... It's almost very similar to Reservoir Dogs yeah. in that sense. Mm -hmm. But by the end of it, you know, right before... Um, uh, Steve Buscemi pulls the trigger and then it goes black and you hear the other shots. Mm -hmm. Like, you have feeling towards these characters. Like, yeah. oh man, they've, he's been lied to this entire time. He was had and now he... You have a you have feeling? Yeah. I don't know. By the end of Hateful Eight, you're just like, man, all these characters are pretty despicable people. Yeah, yeah. They're not and like, I don't... It's not, even, it's not even like like an anti-hero feeling. It's like you kind of... It's, you know, Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. As the Joker, you you gravitate towards that a bit. Yeah. There's certain evil characters that you're like, oh, sure. you, that movie didn't have that. Oh, okay. Where I feel in Django for sure, even like Cal Calvin deserved to die, of course. Yeah. But it, there was like an energy to the to the role. Mm -hmm. And then in Glorious Bastards, of course, like Christoph Waltz is he's the Jew hunter, but he's, still like he's in, he's so engaging. Yeah. Oh, that's one of like that. That's where you were talking like movies of. And like, that I believe that Chris Waltz was him. Chris yeah. Waltz. And then that scene where he just. Orders the cream, right? And Dude, just he's so good. hinting, you know, I know who you are, kind of thing. That's like, oh, no, right masterful. Off. And like even at the beginning, his first scene mm. when he asked for the milk. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible uh, stuff. You can't have it without the cream. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my god, like he's so smart. And like, even See, Tarantino and Fincher are so good at that. Yeah, They're like that is their that is their that is their stroke. Where mm -hmm. it's where Tarantino's is a little bit more. You feel. Sometimes it can be a little cartoony. Yeah. It can be a little just like yeah, a little over the top. Where they're yeah. just where they're just. I mean, they're, I remember that scene in Death Proof. They're just sitting in the diner and the <laughs> yeah, girls yeah. are talking for ten minutes. Yeah, and it's you know it's a constant three sixty motion and mm -hmm. it's just a conversation. And he talks about that. It's one of his one of his early films. That's what he did. Is he wrote dialogue not to necessarily advance the storyline, but just to entertain the audience. Entertain the audience. Yeah. And you'll be in a room and you'll feel that mm -hmm. that that camaraderie. And then Fincher will do a similar thing. But like you're in the room, and you are like sitting. If there's yeah. two people sitting at a table having a conversation yeah, about the right Zodiac right Killer, yeah. you're sitting at that table yeah, at that desk exactly. with, with Mark Ruffalo yeah. and and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal yeah, talking exactly. About and it's probably dark in the room. Yeah, and, you know, know, always dark. Always, always dark. I think dark. Fincher knows our colors. Are <laughs> no, I don't think Fincher ever shoots in light. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't think. Yeah. So no, it's pretty. It's interesting. I love film as a way of storytelling, though, yep. for sure. I, I think, and so I. That's why I'm. We are going even going to revert back to this year. I, I'm curious to see Shape of Water now and stuff. And I want to see if it is. Mm. If I walk out of that movie, be like that's Del Toro, right? Yeah. Like that's a Del Toro for film. sure. And even like, Crimson Peak, which wasn't a great movie. It's, yeah, it's that horror that that gothic horror feel. Or it's like yeah. yeah, no one else could make this movie. Yes. So I think that's a, that's his true touch of a of a good director. Yes. Too. It's like no one else could make this no one movie. else could do this. This is his movie. Could anyone else have made Zodiac? No. Like no. That's no another chance. one. That's another one that gets lost in lost David in Fincher. time a bit. Right? Zodiac so good. Aged so good. Very well. So good, man. All right. So the last thing I want to touch on before we move on to some sports stuff is who's next? Who's the next person who's been screwed enough? Yeah. 
that they're gonna get a, they're gonna be the next makeup call. Yeah. So I guess the whole, the whole exercise of having this conversation is these actors and directors, directors or... have the Oscar to their name, yeah. but it doesn't represent their best work. Yeah. So who is gonna eventually win one, but it will, it will not represent their best work thus far? Yeah. I've got one that comes that stand, that comes to mind. Okay. Mine's Christopher Nolan. Yes. You just stole it right out of my mouth. Yeah. Because he is a like such a respected director. Yeah. That is every once in a while he gets nominated, blah blah. blah and Dunkirk then, this year again. Yeah. But it's like he's gonna get one, and it's like you're gonna be like, no, Inception was. Better. I, I was just or the, Inception. Or the Dark Knight was better. You people, know. People might even argue Memento was his best movie, right? Yeah. But from a story like telling perspective, to me, the Dark Knight itself is. I just feel like with Inception, it's like Inception's good in terms of there is just so many. <laughs> Not to pun on the on the concept of the movie, but there's just so many layers to it. <laughs> yeah. Although when it gets to the snow level, I get a little. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is getting a little insane here. A little like drag on. If Interstellar but... would have been like thirty five minutes shorter. I know. And like McConaughey, that was right in oh, McConaughey's God. wheelhouse too. And that scene when they're on the planet for thirty three years, right? Yeah. And he comes back and he watches all the movies of now his. Yeah. Very attractive daughter played by Jessica Chastain. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he's watching like 33 years worth of videos he's missed and he's weeping and it's weeping. like, oh, oh fuck, yeah. man. But God, hey, like you came, you, you came from the bottom. But you then, started from the bottom but then, now you But you're then here. the movie goes in their hour and a half after I know. That, it's like, oh. Yeah, and it's just like, you did it once because like they get to that first original planet, it wipes out their time, they get taken out by that like tidal wave thing. <laughs> And then yeah, they're gone for thirty three years, and then you're like, okay, so like now where do we go yeah. from here? Because now, well, you go you go find Matt Damon in that, <laughs> which was also another really underrated somewhere. Matt Damon like role. <laughs> he was such a dick. Yeah. Oh, I know, right? He's such he a never dick. plays that character. No, so that was actually kind of funny that mm. he was like, he was just sending out signals for someone to come find him. Like, so you both kind of agree it's going to be Christopher Nolan. I think Christopher Nolan's one. I think. For a young director, I th we, we talk about like Ryan Coogler a lot. Mm, about yep. Every movie he's made seems to really be a critical hit, box office hit. Everybody it's loves it. Chance him. Black Panther gets nominated next for next year. Yeah, could you imagine a February movie like that too? Though, that's what I worry about too. I, t I mentioned the movie Hostels to you, and I feel like Christian Bale's performance in that movie is going to get lost over the year. Yeah, but he, I, if you're going to watch any movie starting in 2018, you'll watch, watch it. that one. It's just like, it's slow. It's a western, but it's yeah. like, man, he is like. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me The Rock's Rampage is not going to be nominated? Well, if anything, it's going to be Jumanji, <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is actually a good movie. Did you watch it? Yeah, <laughs> I liked it. Did you? It was a good movie. Man, it's made Jack so Black. much money. Jack Black is... Underrated. Again, Lost in the Shuffle we talk about. Yeah. Like It's the Kevin Hart's, he was in the same movie, but it's it, there's... For a while, there was Will Ferrell. It was yeah. you know Paul Rudd. It's like these guys kind of like become this like comedy. Mm -hmm. Jack Black was like when we were young, when we were like fourteen, fifteen. School of Rock. School of Rock, movies. and then like uh, what's the one where he like with Gwyneth Gwyneth Paltrow? Oh, uh, Shallow How. Shallow How. Right? Like, shit like that. <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know. You, that you look back on this and be like, oh yeah, Jack Black. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, I've heard he's so funny in this. Oh in yeah, Jumanji. he's he's great. Um, and they did a really good job with Jumanji, I guess, of like really weaving it in and like yep. creating its own story, though, yep. still somehow. Yep. And, yeah, absolutely. They said it's a lot of fun. Like it's just good entertainment. The to only watch. criticism I have is so Reese Darby's in it. He plays. Uh, if you ever watched the show, Flight of the Concords, he plays the uh, oh, okay. the, the uh, manager Murray. Oh, okay. He's in it, but only for like five minutes. And I'm yeah. like, if you're gonna put Reese Darby in a role, put, give him a big comedic give him a role. Good, give yeah. him a silly role. And give him a silly role. He'll steal it. Okay. Yeah. 
Anything else you want to mention? How was Nick Jonas? You know what? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Like this. Yeah. I think these... I, I like to think of Nick Jonas as the poor man's Justin Timberlake. All. Mm. He's the poor Interesting. man's JT. Interesting. I would. He's good looking. He's I would young. Go... He can sing. He can dance. He can act a little bit. I'll give you. I won't give you JT because no one's JT. No, I know. I'll give you. He's he's the poor man's Zac Efron. <sighs> Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably like, pretty a good. More accurate. Yeah, but uh, I just mean like a musician first. We talk about another movie, another David Fincher one. Zac Efron's can be actually really. But funny. another Fincher one lost in lost in the shuffle over the years was the Social Network we talked about. Yeah. JT's role not as good. He's really good. So yeah. okay, uh, anything else to, for movies? No, that's it for movies. That's we fun. will we will we're gonna do commit to doing a better job. Yeah. Over 2018, so come this time next year, we will be on fucking point. Yeah. With this. We're going to have lots of films. We're going to have... Yeah. Yeah. Advantages, disadvantages, what we liked in, like, pros, cons. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely be able to, like, hammer out some films. Hopefully we'll have some some heated arguments. Hopefully we'll have a Birdman versus Boyhood I, argument. I will make a vow right now to watch more films in 2018 than I did in 2017. One a week, Neil. That's all you got to do. One yeah, a week. one a week, and, uh, yeah, we'll... Don't watch any Netflix series. Don't get sucked into those. No, I don't. Because with school and work right now, I don't have time for tons. Yeah. So it was more like when, when I had a break, I was trying to cram in some of these best picture noms. And I missed Shape of Water and Get Out. Mm-hmm. And clearly we need to see them next. So we'll, we'll get on them. My thing is like with Netflix now, maybe this is just because it's Canadian Netflix. But I, f- I feel like if you're a best picture nomination, you should just sell it to Netflix for that month. And yeah. have as many people watch it as possible. Yeah. That's the only reason I didn't watch those movies. They were not on Netflix. I couldn't stream them, and yeah. I don't want to pirate. I don't. I'm not. I know, and like, there's some movies like a Del Toro with a guy that I've really respected. I really like Pan's Labyrinth. That I like to go support his movies. But yeah. just, for me, it's sometimes hard to find the time to be able to yeah. go to. Uh, well, it's just because Get Out the theater. came out and in it came March, out, right? And it hasn't been around. And I'm so. not gonna. You can't rent movies anymore. Yeah. So ah. why isn't that on Netflix? Lament the death of Blockbuster. Right? Man! <laughs> that used to be the best going or up and down. Update. And you go up, there'd be one wall of just the same movie. Yeah. New release. Yeah. And always just sold out. Yeah, always just sold out. Fuck, you gotta put on hold. Or you'd, like, you'd be looking if there was one just a little, yeah. bit, little bit off the wall, so yeah. you could sneak the one behind it. Yeah. Um, okay, do you want to talk a little NBA, or do you want to talk Heart Race? Heart Race time for we, one. We have time for one? I mean, we can go as long as we want, but we should only... We, we should... We should. We started at what? Heart one... Fifty. Yeah. yeah, so we only got about... We've been running for 40 minutes. Okay, we got a little bit of time, and not too much, though. Um... The only thing I wanted to say about the heart race is that two guys... I'm going to predict your guess. No, there's two guys that have jumped into the conversation. Oh, okay. Because the conversation I would imagine, number 71. Yeah, Malkin. Number... What's Kucherov? 86. 82? 86. 86. And 37 Bergeron. 37 Bergeron. So I'm going to guess the two... Two guys kay. jumped in the conversation. I'm going to guess. Obviously, your love for Taylor Hall is undiable. But Undying. 31 points ahead of the next guy. Okay, so Taylor Hall. And they're in the playoffs. And your other one is going to be... Is it a goaltender? No. It's so a forward. Player. Yeah. It's a forward. Who's oh, also missed time ooh. with injury. Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Has to be. Both teams are in the playoffs presently. I, 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 if I'm Jersey saying, is. Jersey is. Just Colorado isn't. They're really close. Yeah. He got hurt there. That's when they... Yeah. But Oh, and his first game back at five points. No, I know. Like they, <laughs> he is, He's on the best points per game pace in the league. Yeah. And then Hall, I would say, um, what I'll say is he's 31 points ahead of the next For guy sure. in the team. Which if is, you were going by the by the spirit of the award, it is Taylor Hall. But they have to make the playoffs. They have to make the playoffs. You, and I and will we, agree that, like, and if he can get there, and if he can get near the league lead, because if, if he stays on a torrid pace, then I would say 
the people that say, oh, stats, you'd be like, well, they're pretty close. And then not always the best player wins, right? Well, here's the thing, though. So, the spirit of the award is most valuable player to your team, yeah. right? So, you're right. Taylor That's Hall, like what it's written as, that, right? Which you're right. The disparity is, but really in the last few years, it's become just an MVP, mm-hmm. right? Just who, who is the best player? Who is the best year is what we've kind of described but, as, right? I do think you have to make the playoffs because what you're playing towards, but if you're if if you're really considering who the best player for their team is, it's fucking McDavid, man. He's <laughs> yeah. third in the league in scoring, and our team is trash. trash. No, and, and uh, that's He's why six points away from Kucherov, who was on the most horrid pace to no, start no. the year. Yeah, and, and that's what I laugh about the award sometimes, right? Is that you get into that argument of like, oh, most valuable team. It's like, well, where would Oilers be without McDavid? Right, maybe zero. He has eighty points. Yeah, well, ask like Montreal how it's like to be without Carey Price. Price. He won the heart, and then and then even when he gets hurt now, or when he's been shit, look, they're terrible. Yeah, and so it shows you how much they relied on him before. That's just, I mean, I think that just goes to show team construction. Don't ever rely on a goalie. No, they're too volatile. Well, they're just too volatile. Like you yeah. just if if he like you said if he's str- if he's str- listen even, even with Talbot, people this hate year. on him, but like look what Chicago's record is without Corey Price. Absolutely. People ripped on Corey Crawford. Absolutely. And they don't have him, and they are terrible. They have the same team. So here's they an- have the same team they've had for the last... So here's another guy I've heard a little bit of... Uh, uh, but that's what you're talking about. Goalies on, are volatile, on. right? A little bit of conversation of somebody who is maybe creeping into the race, too, is Eric Stahl. The greatest bargain Almost 40 time. goals this year. Yes, $3.5 million. <laughs> 3.5? He almost has 40 He was goals. once a $10 million player, wasn't he? Yes, or whatever it was, or yeah. $7 million yeah, yeah. at the time. Yeah, but like, can we just talk about... The fact that they have him signed for two well, more s- years. He had 70 points last year. Yeah, or 68 or whatever yeah. it was. A big bounce back here. 30, yeah. Almost 30 goals. Yeah, he has 34 goals, 35 goals, whatever it is. 36. He got two last night. <laughs> so he has 30, also had a hat-trick last night. Yeah. Marshawn got five points last night. Brad See, Marshawn. weird. So remember, Brad we, Marshawn has like... No, he is the other guy that has the most points per game in the NHL. We did this podcast a week, over a week ago. And we were talk- We were lamenting the fact that nobody scores in the NHL anymore. Yes. And now we're talking about yeah. Lonnie with a natural no, hat trick. Yeah. McKinnon with a 5.9. No, Nick, it's funny. This two-week window, though, it has. It, all of a sudden, it blew up. Because it did. It stalled. Yeah. It, like, completely stopped. Because Kucherov was at 72 before, like, anybody was... And, and then he, he had a 3.9 and a 2.9. Yeah, but then, then he stayed point. there yeah. for, like, ever. And then now he's, like, starting... Now he's up to 82. But he was at, like, 70 for, like, ever. And, like, everybody was at 60. And do you remember? It was, like... 60 and like 50. The only guys games. who were on, on, on real paces after Kucherov slowed down was McKinnon and, and Malkin. And Bar- Marshawn. And Marshawn. Guys, Malkin's that, guys goal got hurt, that got hurt generally, but Malkin. So over Taylor Hall's stretch of points. 22 games straight or something? 26. 26. 26 of his personal games. Yeah, because he missed two games or whatever. Three games or whatever. Did you see the record though? Lemieux. It's like 41 46. again. 46. Fuck, Since 87, 88, because Gretzky before that had. But still. Like, you know, 50. Christ, Gretzky has the man. record. It's like 53 Malkin. or whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, he scored 153 points in 51 games. That's what it was, yeah. So, what the fuck? But, so, but like, if, if, Hall just... does, if Hall does get another point, because this is a weird thing too. So his personal points, so his games with a point mm-hmm. is different than a point streak. Oh, okay. His point streak time. is now up to 20 games. Oh. His his games played with a point is 26. 26. So, but then they, they still count it as part of the records of sure. like Lemieux 46 or whatever. Um, the last person to have a streak that large, Patrick Kane, when he got 120 points. Oh, I was going to say. Or 105 Crosby. or whatever it was. Nope. Crosby one game below. Oh. It was Kane with 26. So if Taylor Hall gets 27 games, 
he breaks Kane and Crosby's for the last like say, the, we'll, we'll they, say like twenty years. Because that one year Crosby got hurt, he didn't he have like fifty points and he had, no he had six, he had sixty two points in forty one games. <sighs> So he was on pace for 134 points. And he got hurt. He got hurt. He concussed again. Concussed. Was that the year Steckel concussed him? Yes. Fuck. 66 points. Oh, he's Where's David Steckel now? Right? But so if Hall, but over that stretch, where I was getting to is uh, there's one player with more points over that stretch Malkin. than Tim Hall. Mal. And not even like a little number, like a big number. But it's goals, too. Like yeah. he was scoring a ton yeah, of no, goals. Yeah, no, he's almost caught Ovechkin. Lonnie's almost for, caught Ovechkin, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the scoring is still relatively low. Like, I don't know if anyone will hit 50. Ovi oh, needs 10. Man. 10 Ovi. and 20? That's just it. Which is realistic. It, oh, that's Ovi. Man, if Ovi needs to get four goals in the last game of the year, he'll do it. He'll it's do true. it. I know, I know. But um, but Malkin has 43 points over Taylor Hall's 27-game point streak. Fuck. Or 26. Hall has 38. So. Yeah, Malkin has 37 goals. Lonnie has 38. Lonnie has 38 goals? Yes. He, he had a hat trick last night. He had a natural hat trick. And last I'm, night. I'm hearing that he has 17 power play goals in his last like two months or something. He's like. Ovechkin light man. He scores from the same place every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Tyler Sagan with 36 goals. Yep. Oh, and Eric, no, so because they and put Eric that, Stahl 36. To me, I just there's two things in this world that GMs should look at. Goals. Yep. Eric Stahl. They knew that they could get him discounted. Right. What did he, Minnesota even trade for him? Like nothing. Like almost nothing. Or did they sign him? I don't even know. But $3.5 million. I think Carolina did trade Think him. about $3.5 million getting you 40 goals. And not only that, he signed for two more years. It's just an incredible, incredible contract. It's hands down the best contract in the NHL. You cannot tell me that there's one better. Right. I, I'll, you'll be lying if you're is. Because nobody has that many goals making less than $4 million a year. Like, there's just not a player. Right. So in the, the show. So Unless he, a rookie deal, whatever, right? So but, he signed with Minnesota. He was traded to the Rangers that year. That's what it was. Yeah. And he was up, not even that good. Ended up playing 83 regular season games. That's right. So. But yeah, last year he played full 82 games and he had 65 points, 28 goals. Yeah, 28 goals. Man. Now this year he's already passed. 67 points, 36 goals though. Yeah. No, I know. Wow. So Minnesota, I mean. Because yeah, there's two things GMs should be looking at. Like, yeah. Actually, so then sticking to hockey because, you know, Shirelli's getting the heat. One trade that is, again, lost in the shuffle is that we always joke that, like, he traded Tyler Sagan and Taylor Hall. How about he traded Blake Wheeler? Oh, fuck. Like, does it, like this guy trades away. Stars. So there's there's something to be said sometimes for evaluating your own talent a little bit mm-hmm. and, like, understanding what you have. Yep. And he's not very good at it. Like, it, yeah. you know, that's three players that, like, now, at the time, it didn't really matter because they won a cup that year, if I'm not mistaken. They yeah. traded Blake Wheeler in 2011 when they won with Rich Peverly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah right. But, like, you, you don't think Boston would like Blake Wheeler now? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I hindsight. Know. Boston's really good I understand, this year. Yeah, and I understand it's hindsight. Well, Boston, though, look how much they struggled their last before this year. Right. They had to turn it around, and some older players playing better, and Patrice Bergeron's... Patrice has. But, I, mean, I have changed my opinion on Patrice. I used to hate. Patrice. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The way I, I respect put Patrice. it though is that yes, there's something we said about trading away the talent and stuff like that. Yeah. But I would just say that like hold he on, definitely let me needs my to thought. worry. Yeah. If Boston were to win the cup this year, and that's two cups in seven years, mm-hmm. and Dallas hasn't won shit, and Winnipeg sure. hasn't won shit, New Jersey and New Jersey hasn't won shit, shit, then that's true. No, I get. That. I'm not saying. I mean, obviously, he hasn't been there for the past two sure. years, but it's. But I mean, we, I talk about this all the time. Winning tra- championships it's is hard. so hard. It's hard. So do you? Would you rather have? Would you rather have a guy like Taylor mm-hmm. Hall 
who's going on these point streaks, but you never win shit. Yeah. Or you let them, you watch them flourish somewhere else, but you actually, and it's hard to make that argument because the Oilers are terrible this year, but yeah. I'm still not convinced that having Taylor Hall on our team and not having Adam Larson would make any difference. Yeah. I'm not convinced. Yeah. I mean, and you would, all I, But all, all I will say is that, like, it's, it still does just worry me, though, that a guy is willing to give up on players like that that are successful in other places, and if they end up winning yeah. later on, then you're like, ah, it's... It's hard to give away that talent because it's hard to obtain. Yeah. It's hard to get that talent, especially in Edmonton. And so, like, it just it just makes a little point of, like, worry for me is all. Is that, like, this happens. I just... And not that he's saying he's going to trade McDavid. Like, that's absurd. Nuge is what I worry about. You know, but it is, like, that sort... And look what Everly's doing. He's almost has 30 goals again. And I, Everly, though, is a little different because I know Everly got run out of town not even by Shirelli. That was a lot by everybody else. And he did have a bad year last year. He just, he just didn't seem engaged. And I'm not going to say that... the. The trade was never supposed to be one for one. And Strom's played bad. But that Strom is heating up a bit. Like, Strom <laughs> is getting comfortable and he's playing yeah. well. I'm not saying that... Yeah. I'm no, not, I know. I'm I, not I, that's, a, that's a more... I would say that's not as good of an example of, like, the Wheeler-Sagan-Hall thing. Because I think those are guys that now are all in the top 15 of NHL scoring. And he had those guys in his possession at one time. Sure. And they're all off his but possession. But none of them have a championship and he has Yes, one. but... I know. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. That's no, the only. That's the only rebuttal I'm gonna make. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not yeah. saying I'm not defending him as a as a yeah. genius it, for me, general for me, manager. Like I don't. I don't say like to fire him or anything. But I just say like with that track record, it worries me in in instances. Right. I, absolutely worries me too. Yes. I, so I'm worried he's gonna trade Nugent Hopkins for, for like pennies no, on the dollar for just like nothing. Yeah. And that's what it bothers me about it. Right. Is that. I'm worried about what the return would be or whatever. Yeah. So it's that track record that gives me some worry. But that's that's all I'll say about Shirelli because yeah. he's getting a bad rap because it's easy because we lost. Last year he was a genius. Yep. So I don't know. What have you done for me lately? Exactly. Anything you want to touch on in the NBA? Uh, quickly, just the Raptors are still winning, but they're not looking great lately. Last two games have been terrible. Squeak out a win. I hope they win tonight because if they do, they play Houston on Friday. And they both will have long winning streaks. Mm. So Houston will come in with like a double-digit winning streak. Is Charlotte they're playing tonight? No, they play the Pistons, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, the Pistons, yeah. Yeah. So bury them. Well, yeah, the Pistons have not. Mm-hmm. Blake, that Blake Griffin trade's going to... Not as, yeah. Not, that's not going to age well. Yeah, uh, but that's, like really, his, that's really it. Like they, they should finish first. They have a better schedule than anybody else. Um, they're, if they just win their, their games that Boston has, their games in hand... They will be three games up on Boston, so they will have to lose four games. Because they play Boston another time. If they win that, then they have the season series, right? So, um, what's funny about the NBA is that they're in the same division. Yeah. And they can still finish 1-2. Yeah. Because whoever, it's the four, it's the first with the highest number can jump any division winner as long as yes. they have a better record. Yes. So, you division winner no matter what, you make the playoffs, but a team can jump you. So, you which can actually so get fifth. Be. Yeah, you can get fifth as a division winner, which is a little odd, but. Which is fine. Which is fine, but it's just it's the only sport that does that. Need division, so. Yeah, I don't see the purpose. Are you of the thing, thing of just like let them fly? Yeah, I I, I would say let them fly all thirty. We, we talk about we talk about. This I wouldn't even go time. east west. I let them all it's fly. Adam's least favorite segment, but it used to be mine. Where we used to talk about if the league was was fully just Please. six yeah, one to sixteen. I would do that. Let them fly, baby. They argue about travel and shit like that. It's twenty eighteen. Yeah. They can all get there so quick. Private jets. Don't even give me that. Yeah, shit. I know. It's garbage. It's garbage. 30 teams, I'm with you, man. I totally agree. Let them go. What's the point? 30 I best just don't understand teams, the point of it. 30, 30 teams, you're 16, half your best teams play each other. Yep. Why not? It makes Why can't you have, better. like, you know, a crazy, like, Toronto, Montreal, like, Stanley Cup final? Yeah, right? Canadian, or uh, Oilers, Flames. 
How cool would that be? Yeah. The stakes on the line. I don't know. I know. All right. Um, Any interstate rival, really, in, in the Any rivalry, big for stakes sure. like that, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, till next week, obviously, no uh, no emails from Adam this week. I thought he would have emailed us, oh, okay. but... Uh, he's tanning. I hope, he yeah. I hope he got his... Take, taking his artsy head. pictures. Yeah. Um, we know he's known for that, so... Yeah. Uh, Instagram, OTBcast. Yep. Uh, we posted about the Oscars a little bit. Yep, so that. We were talking about... We were talking about Invictus, actually, and it ended up winning for a documentary. Oh, uh... Icarus. Icarus. Sorry, Icarus. Icarus, yeah. yeah. Um, and one of my buddies told me I have to watch it as well, so I will have to... that based on the Russian doping scandal. Kobe Bryant obviously wins for Deer Basketball. <sighs> I watched it. Yeah. What do you... What's your... My, my only take, and I, we're not going to get into it on this podcast, but it's... You, we have this entire Me Too movement. I was just going to say, we I have know. this entire Me Too movement. Even and Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman's getting dragged over the coals and stuff like that. And you have Kobe Bryant got up there and yeah. beaming, accepting this Oscar. And how f- soon we forget 2003 when he was... Yeah, charged the, with rape. In those courthouses yeah. in, in a Colorado. So And like, yeah, if anybody ever is curious about it, they should look it up. I yeah. think they should educate themselves on like the apology he issued and sort of how malicious and very unforgiving he was in his original stuff yeah. like that and, I, and so it's funny I say that because I actually Nick it's funny you say that I had hesitation about actually posting it Yeah. for that same reason but I was like yeah sports show Yeah. a little bit of a connection so I wanted to make a connection between yeah. the two but I, I was fair and this was a big thing about Kobe when, even when he retired you know it was kind of that his personality was something that was very it's much. A dick. Like, it was a dick. And he's <laughs> nobody loved. wanted to play on the Lakers in the, yeah. the last year of his and run. And so you know, but anyway, that's a whole yeah. other conversation. But no, it's true. And you know, you do all that stuff, and then Gary Oldman's getting raked over the coals. It's just gonna keep coming no out. No one, it's, no one wants to get interviewed by Ryan Seacrest. That was a, yeah. I read that on Twitter, and it was like cringeworthy to yeah. like. I saw some of the photos. Of like him on the red carpet, it's like cringe. It's like hard to even look at a still photo because nobody because nobody he's just like isolated. Nobody even wants to like talk know. to him. He's like talking like Disney children. Like oh my god, so yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyway, but I did watch Beer, Deer Basketball and it's actually really well done. Like the actual little sort of mini. I think he paid a lot of money to make it. Oh yeah, that's what they say. Oh Kobe didn't. Ha- oh yeah, did you see who like did all the things? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, like the John Williams, like the score oh, for like fuck. Star Wars. Did the music for Deer Basketball. The guy who animated Toy Story animated Deer Basketball. Okay. So when you say a lot of money, Kobe was like, hey, guess what? Call the best because we are the best probably, right? So. All right. uh, Yeah, send us an email if you want to. And then obviously, sorry, quick though, Jordan Peele. Key and Peele. Yeah. I mean, when they do their Sunday night football names, that's that's why I put them on there because I think it's the funniest thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then they end with Jibrigashaw Ferguson, which is a real name. Yeah, real player. Yeah. Um, And John Smith. (laughs) Oh, okay. Before we before we head out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it right after you say this, but I want your prediction. Who is Kirk Cousins signing with, Neil? I will go with the Denver Broncos. All right, the light is off. We're back on the bench.